Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you better be believing the Causeway Kings are back. For now, we got to wrap it up here with a proper bow because it's been about two weeks. We've had time to digest the undigestible, and now we're going to spit it like it's hot. Your friend Ben right here on the WMEX Podcast Network alongside Merrill Marshall. Gordo joins us again. No Clance this time. He had to go chase his pants, but that's okay. It rhymed, so it worked out. No crime, boys. What was a crime, though? Game seven. Ugh. Obviously, old news to everybody else. We've more than uh, had plenty of time now, but still, I feel like that's a big open wound there, and it's going to continue to be one. Very much like we just got over 2015, Merrill, you and I, and now here we are right back in it all over again. 2015, 2019, 2014, 2010, 2013. Now, just pick a year, the Bruins shit the bed, and, you know, it's the it's the year du jour, so... I got my Kraken gear on. Be a long time before I wear any Bruins gear, truth be told. Game seven, uh, Kraken Knights Western Conference Final will be unbelievable. Um, and uh, just playoffs have been great, you know, from a competitive standpoint and just do the postmortem of uh, what we saw with the Bruins, man. It's what, just, uh, it's wait a minute, aren't, aren't the Kraken playing the Stars? What would you say, the Knights? They play in the stars. If they win, they play. They got the, game uh, seven tonight. They got to beat the stars first. That is not a yeah, foregone conclusion. It would be a great. I see, and it would be a great, would be a great Western Conference Final, especially since that mean coach uh, Bruce Cassidy is in the Western Conference Final. Why well, you got to say his name and hurt Gordo's feelings? I know, right? Yeah, you're not hurting my feelings. I like, <laughs> I like, I liked Cassidy. So. I did too, and and, and you know. Who who the hell knows, man? But he's you know he's he's with a different group now, and for whatever reason, you know it, it could be a bunch of different factors. But you know, obviously they have a really good team in Vegas, and you've got you know Jack Eichel's you know rejuvenated from his Buffalo days, and he looks great. He looks really good, man. And they've got they've got some really good players. Um, I don't know though that that Kraken team. Maddie Bernier's baby, scrappy. They just—they're tough to play against. I, they, they're giving Dallas all they can handle right now. That that um, like Yanni Gord, man. He 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 is he is freaking the he is a playoff primetime performer. And Grubauer has been playing out of his boobs, man. He's just been unbelievable. Well, again, we we've got another. Um, Millennia, two, 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 uh, two uh, the two conferences, no Canadian teams. <laughs> I can't believe Edmonton went out like that. That was just unbelievable to me. Like this fantastic year, they had the trade deadline, second best only to the Bruins, and yet somehow it still wasn't enough. Sound? I was going to say sound familiar. Um, they just weren't good enough five on five. Like, I mean, they remind me of the Bruins like four years ago, where if they don't get power plays. Like, you know, that, that had a that had a Bruins Blues 2019 field. Like, if it was a power play, you know, Edmonton was just super skilled, you know, whipping around out there, you know, all-star game kind of kind of shit. But if it was five on five, like big boy hockey, I mean, Vegas is just so structured and they just they're just one like one through four lines and all because all six D, they're just so good. I mean it's hard to beat. Yeah. And too, I mean, Dreisaitl was on fire there for a while. And then, 
you know, I think he was pointless in the last four games of that series. So, you know, you keep him off the board. I mean, McDavid can only do so much, but I think that team's got, you know, they're definitely trending in the right direction. And I think if they continue to add, you know, obviously I think goaltending is, you know, maybe That's... maybe an issue there. And then, you know, the decor, I think they, you know, I don't know. I mean, how many guys do you need, right? You got McDavid and Dreisaitl can just put up, you know, but if you eliminate those two guys from the score sheet, you know, it's a very average team from, you know, outside yeah. of those. Not enough guys. Nugent Hopkins went quiet. Um, I mean, Dreisaitl got his hand almost hacked off by Petrangelo, so he wasn't really the same after that. Um, and um, just not enough depth, just not enough depth scoring from their, from their other guys like Yamamoto and, you know, compliment, you know, like, you, you juxtapose that with like Vegas. Vegas got, you know, it just seems like everybody on the ice is a threat. I feel like of all the all the teams that are left, any one of their lines could score. Like it, it just in in getting rolling into the Bruins. Like you see teams that can just finish. I just feel like the Bruins don't have. I mean, I know this sounds kind of absurd to say, but they just don't have enough guys who can finish. They did in the middle of the season for some strange reason, but then afterwards, forget it. Once the playoffs started, they were the ghosts. It's one thing scoring goals, you know, against Detroit on a Tuesday night in November. It's another thing when the money's on the table. Like, like watching like Florida again for an example, lead them. They're playing Toronto. They only had like two scoring chances in the first period, games five, and they're up two nothing because they're burying their chances. Like, I just feel like. The Bruins just don't have enough of I mean, obviously they have Pasternak, but they don't have enough guys who can consistently, you know, I, I don't know if it's a mental thing. Like they've got talented players, but you know what I'm saying, Gordo? Like they just and I know they scored five in, in game six and it was should have been good enough to win. And we'll get into the, the whole goaltending debacle, but it's like I just thought that they just didn't have enough guys that that could they could make a clutch play. Well, it's like we've, you know, we I said this like way back before the season started, right? You know, the regular season is the regular season now. It, it's yeah, yeah, you have to like really separate the two, you know, once you get into the playoffs, it's just such a different brand of hockey and it's such a different pace and, you know, I mean, this year I did feel like, you know, I certainly jumped on the Bruins bandwagon and was all about it um you know and they just kind of kept proving everybody wrong right i mean all mark just went on a tear this year you just had everybody up and down the lineup contributing scoring goals making things happen and the way it's I, supposed to be yeah but then you know then the, the playoffs start and it's you know i i we, we said it before the playoffs started there's going to be that one team that just kind of bands together and just gets hot. And it's going to be the last team that you would probably expect. And they might, they're going to do some damage in the playoffs. And Florida is that team right now. The Kraken's that team right now. Unbelievably right? so. But yeah, it's hard to argue with that, guys. Yep. And I would say out of the Eastern Conference, I was, I mean, we'll have to roll back the tape and go through my picks again, but I was way. I mean, 
the 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 Jersey Rangers series, which I was all about that series. Man, was I dead wrong on that? And was I dead wrong on Jack Hughes? That kid, you know, I didn't know how he would do in the in, in a playoff setting. A lot of guys think he's more on the soft side. That kid definitely proved me wrong in that series and in the playoffs. I mean, he was kid put up some points. He put up some points, man, and he was he was playing nasty. Like there was there was just another, you know, you know, you know how some guys just can't turn on that switch, right? Just home. And just get into that like that, like you know, you look at Toronto, right? And you just look at all the the studs that they have on that team. Yeah, they're studs and they're they're good players, but they when they got into the playoffs, man, like Matthews Minor, they they didn't have they don't have that like next like they don't have that playoff gear. They don't have yeah, a playoff a gear. That's the only way to explain it, Cordo. I know exactly what you're getting at. You gotta be a prick. You do. Yep. You gotta have a level of prick. You gotta have a level of being to elevate your game and compete. Like I just don't think the Bruins too. I just don't think they have enough of those guys. Like, oh yeah, you know, they have Marshan and Krejci. Like those guys are old, and that was 12, 13 years ago. Like you've got hard to think, but yeah, you have to like. I'm just like watching Hampus Lindholm fall over himself, not be able to complete a pass out of his zone. You got, I mean, you just have them unable to break the puck out of their zone, making like I don't know if it was a mix of overconfidence or just. You know, like, like just not being able to just like make the safe play. Like it's just, it was probably the one of the weirdest series because you had like, I watched them break the puck out in Game Three and Game Four, and it just felt like, you know, whether it's Coil coming down lower, it just felt like they broke the puck out so much easier than like the games five, six, and seven, where it's just like. It was back to earlier in series where they're just tossing the puck around it. And I just I just feel like they just don't have enough guys who can elevate. And I don't know, too, if it's like a mixed thing. Like, if it's just like, I, I don't know. Like, it's if it's a leadership thing or it's a room thing, I, I don't know. But it was just like watching how many players shrunk in that series. Like, n- not even the goaltending, which is its own separate thing, which we'll get to, but like. I just go back to like, you know, some of the guys like, like you can make a case even though they only played three games that like Connor Clifton single handedly like cost them the series. He was a minus four. Kind of hard like, to say no. Just, just um, again, you know, Forbert just felt like the game was too fast for him. It's just, I don't know. It, it's just a curious. There, there. I mean, from a coaching standpoint too, it just didn't seem like there were any adjustments made um, to kind of simplify the game. Um, whereas, like, if you guys remember, I wanted Paul Maurice after they shit can Cassidy, but people were saying, "Well, Paul Maurice isn't a good X as a nose guy." Well, really, I mean, I sure I think looks like it. Montgomery got his the the, his, the pants coached off of him. I just felt like they just didn't adjust and they overthought the goalie situation. It's like, like I'll just leave with this and then Gordo, you can, you can pick it up. But like, what is this team's infatuation with always starting an injured fucking goaltender? It's like, if the guy is not healthy, I don't care. Like, I don't blame Omar. You're going to want to play. You're a professional, you're a competitor, but 
that's what the coaches are there for to, to kind of, you know, to be the voice of reason and say, you know what, you know, we, we have to, we have to go with the healthy guy. And it's not like Swayman, you know, only played three or four games. He won like 24 games this year. He could have marched the whole playoffs to be honest, but instead, I mean, again, I get it guys a pro, but if all marks hurt, he's hurt. What are you doing playing a hurt goalie when you have the number two in the league right behind him? What are you doing? And that's the yeah. question I keep coming back to. It's not like you can hide. It's not like your third line center where you can hide him and play him 13 minutes. It's like he's out there the whole fucking game. <laughs> you know what I mean? This well, is I, think it was, I, think, I think it was for the Bruins. I think it was a perfect storm, right? Like you start with the coaching, the, the, the coaching staff and, I love, I like Jim Montgomery. I liked him as a player. I think he's a competitor. He's a leader. Um, you know, I think he got, you know, they fired when they fired Cassidy, obviously that was under some kind of, you know, there was some uh, suspect type, you know, shenanigans going on in that locker room with DeBrusque and Carlo and a couple of crybabies and, you know, yeah. but Montgomery comes in. He's a very well liked guy. He's a very well liked coach. Um, and you know, and he and he's you know he he he's played and he's played at a, he played in the, played in the show. He's a great college player. And you know, yeah. I I think he ran into a very powerful locker room, right? Where you have some leaders in that locker room that are kind of running the show. And I think Sweeney and Neely had their hands and a lot of the decisions as well. Um, so if you start from the goaltending on out, obviously, you know, Allmark was definitely hurt. I, I mean, we, we, you know, we were talking about it game one, game two, game three, you know, group techs, you know, Hey, he doesn't look right. Something doesn't seem right. You know, his movement, he looks like he's hurt. And then, you know, I would say after probably game three, was it game three where he got shelled for six? Yep. I think after that, everyone started calling for Swayman, right? That's exactly and, when that happened. And I, and you know, I don't know what the reason is. I, I, I may, maybe they let Allmark make the call on it. And, you know, like you said, Merrill, he's a competitor. He had such a phenomenal season and he probably didn't want to go out like that. So, they probably let him make the call on it, to be honest with you. But him and goalie Bob, <laughs> it's a, goalie it's a, Bob knows way but, better than to let the player make that call like that. But, but hey, look at look what Florida did, right? Yep. Look who, who who started that series. Hundred and fifteen pounds, Sergey Bobrovsky. That's no, who. Ly Alex Lyon. Lyon started that series. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah. who, who really like? I mean, by the time Lyons was done, that's when Bobrovsky came in, and, and the Bruins had shelled him up to that point. So, I mean, that's why I, yeah. I went there I mean, first. He, but I mean, they, you know, Maurice kind of stuck to his guns, right? Like Bobrovsky was just coming back, and you know that kid, that kid was hot towards the end of the season, and they they stuck with him. And then you know when it was his time, you know, but at least it gave Bobrovsky some some rest and. You know, and he's been lights out in the playoffs since. Like, and he's getting hotter and hotter as every game goes by. So, have, have you seen the photo of him going around after uh, the game the other night? I, I didn't. I mean, I know there's a water weight that players kind of come and go with per game, but he's talking 25, 30 pounds almost of sweat per game. Like, I don't even think the human body holds that much sweat. 
I'm I'm no physicist here, but I'm just saying the guy looked he like he couldn't have been a buck ten. Yeah, soaking Play, wet. Playing in those arenas, man, and being a goalie. I mean, I've I put the equipment on a couple times and you know gone out just for doing some fun stuff and it's like you're like 20 minutes in you're like oh my god like get this stuff off of me it's it's a it's a tough position man and it's you know and there's a lot of pressure and you know i again i don't you know starting with the goaltending like i don't think you know i i don't think allmark the i don't i, I don't think you can blame him you know, I don't think he went out and intentionally, you know, I don't think he played bad. I just think he was hurt. So, and then by the time they got to Swayman, it was it's like, too it, was late. Just too, it was too late. So, and then, you know, then you get to the back end, you know, and it, it, Lindholm was a ghost. I think the physical play, you know, I think he started having some flashbacks from last season. And then the, it was the usual suspects, man. You know, I thought Orloff played solid. Um, you know, Greslick, I, I'm a little shocked that he wasn't in the lineup and Clifton was playing over him, but that you know, there was, yeah, was, that was, was a bad call. I mean, Clifton was, was just Clifton, too young Clifton. still. Yeah. It was Clifton and Carlo for me with the, the two that just, you know, it's the same thing, man. It's the same broken record. So, and Carlo was one of those guys that had an issue with Cassidy, you know? So, okay. Um, and then, and then up front, man, I mean, in my eyes, you had Krejci was hurt. Bergeron was out. Who were your two hottest players? Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle. Yeah. But Coyle. Yeah. Bertuzzi. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I agree. Bertuzzi was definitely hot, but Bertuzzi was playing up and like, you know, he was playing on, he ended up moving up and playing on that top unit and getting some power play time. And you he know, made some stupid passes though. And he did. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that he is what he is, man. He He's, you know, he's probably shouldn't have been in that position. I guess you could say, I think there was some probably more deserving guys that could have, you know, I don't know. They, the whole depth thing on that team, there's so many damn good players. But, you know, in my eyes, when the Bruins were winning and they were playing solid, Charlie Coyle was clocking big minutes. Yep. Taylor Hall was clocking big minutes. The minute Krejci came back, the minute Bergeron came back, those two guys went away. Last ice time, Bruins lose. Yeah. You know? yeah. Zaka was playing big. Like, you know, it's funny. It's like I, I wasn't saying – like there was a there was a guy on on uh, on on Facebook. He's funny. He's he's a he's a guy. I'm actually playing in the league with this year. But he would say after game three, he was like, "Krejci had a great game. Krejci didn't play." But he was like, once they got like into the lineup, and it, it just felt like you, you you had to go. You couldn't. I, they were both injured, so it was like you play one and not the other. Like if you're, I, I didn't think the way Krejci played the first two games. Like you just roll with. You know, you just go Coil Zaka, um, you know, Frederick, even though it was weird, Felino took a lot of the faceoffs, I believe, and then Nosek. And then, you know, if you want to slide Bergeron back in, who clearly was not himself. And uh, again, you know, you know that's, a, that's another one. That's like an Allmark situation, right? It's like the guy's got a herniated disc in his back. I mean, I mean they, they're going to tore it all him up and all that, but. 
you know, and I get it. This could be, and probably is, was his final hoorah. And he was yeah. saying like, I'm not, I don't care. I'm playing type of situation. Um, you know, but I do think in the end it, it hurt the, it hurt the Bruins and, you know, yeah, it was a minus six in three games. And this is, and it's not to discredit Florida. I mean, look what they just did to Toronto. They're yeah. a tough team. They suck to play against. Kachuk is a stud. Love them. Uh, Gudis, Montour. I mean, dude, they, Blad. they, they're, they got guys stepped up on that team in a big way. Um, you know, and they play that playoff brand of hockey, right? That's yep. what, that's how that team's built. And Barack yeah, yeah. and, and Bob's just like, uh, a, you know, he's like a possessed human in net right now. He just can't like, he's so dialed in, um, you know, and then, you know, they just, they roll through the Bruins and then they get to the Toronto series and do the same thing. It's like. They were ready to give it up though in game five. They were ready to go golf. And I'll always remember that get game and they left the door open a crack, man. And I, I said it, I said at the beginning of the playoffs, I said, Florida is a team that, you know, almost like they learned from last year, winning the president's trophy themselves and not, uh, you know, not coming through where they just, they were a more, they were a veteran savvy team and they, they stole one. They knew it. They could feel it. I mean, Chuck said after game five, we're going to be back here. And, uh, you know, they smell blood in the water, and, um, you know, the the Bruins, they were just – they were on the ropes. I mean, I, I thought all in all the forwards played pretty well. Like, they played well enough to win. I thought where the series was lost was goaltending, was, was coaching, goaltending, and defense. The breakouts were just hard, you know. I, I just feel like, you know, none of those players on the back end really elevated. I thought McAvoy had a couple of good games, but, um, you know, he's just not consistent enough in that elite. In, I'm talking about in the playoffs now. Like, you know, you keep hearing the Drew Doughty comparisons. Well, Drew Doughty in his prime, I mean, he, he's not there yet. And maybe and I'm sure he'll – I think he'll more – you know, it's more probable than not that eventually he'll get there. But, like, I don't know, man. They got some decisions on some players that I didn't think they were going to have to make decisions on, and we'll talk about that on another podcast. But, like, Lindholm, that's a guy that I would hear offers on, him and Allmark. Because here, here's the thing, right? The And I, I don't want to take up all the time. I want you guys to talk. But, like, Allmark, like, this is the second playoffs where he's more or less shit the bed or been injured or not been right. Like, it, like. You, if you're either going to go to a tandem, you got to stick to it. And if you're not, he's not the guy either. See what I'm saying? Yeah. All day. Like, well, yeah. What was the point of having the back-to-back tandem all year long to ignore it when it mattered most? I mean, guys, yeah. stop, stop me if you have a different path of thinking here, but it was my understanding that in the NHL, the teams play the regular season, and the regular season decides – who gets the right to participate in the NHL playoffs? The playoffs and the regular season are two different events, two different seasons, two different games. And They're I like just two don't. Different sports. It, it literally is. And I don't understand how there's any misconception about exactly that. 
we're obviously not there right now. We're not in the room, but I got to tell you, I mean, Gordo, even in your playing days, that was just a known thing, right? Like, guys, we all do this for one reason, to get to the playoffs, and then we pour every ounce of blood, sweat, tears, and bones in your body out onto that ice. Is that am, am I missing something in this equation, or are the Bruins just completely, and most NHL teams apparently, just ignoring that fact? Yeah. Well, if you watch any inspirational Stanley Cup commercial, <laughs> it's you know it's it's all of that, man. It's the the blood, sweat, tears. It's it's a it's such a you know it's historic trophy to win and it's such a long grueling process more than any other sport to 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 raise that cup over your head so you know i i I just you know it's it's really tough for me to blame the coaching staff on this one i just think because they cruise so easily in the in the regular season and then when things just went haywire in the playoffs and i again i you know all marks hurt i think age was a factor um you know, up front, I think probably Zaka and Marshy were probably, and then Bertuzzi, right, kind of in that mix of, like, you know, your best forwards. But I, I think our D really killed us. And like you said, you know, just so simple, like, you know, little breakout touches that were just seamless all season long. The, you know, Carolina had them figured out and, you know, and, too, the physicality part, right? Like the Bruins just aren't that, you know, they've got a couple of big guys on the back end. Lindholm's a big guy, but he doesn't play big. Um, you know, he's more of a skilled defenseman, even though he's a big skate. guy. And he didn't skate in the playoffs either. He didn't skate the puck out. And then Forbert and 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 uh Carlo, I mean, both big guys, but they're just so slow footed, like, you know, and then you got Clifton and Greslick and you know, Orloff's not the Orloff is tough, but he's not the biggest guy. You know, I was saying to somebody the other day, like if you look at like Carolina's decor, like they got some, you got some monsters, right? Same thing with Seattle; they're all fucking huge. They're they're big. They can skate. They're fucking mean. Like, you know, again, you it's like you're building like you know the the regular season, man. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. I mean, there's nothing better to, than watching Connor McDavid play in the regular season because <laughs> he just, you know, he looks like an alien out there. Just, you know, he's on a different universe than everybody else. Right. On playoff time, man, you know, and he, and I do think that he's one of those guys that has that different, like, you know, it's playoff time. But he's also a big guy. He's like 6'4". 6'3", 6'4", McDavid. He's not a small guy, and he's probably one of the fastest guys in the league. So he's extremely tough to play against anyways, but he can play that nasty game too. And Dreisaitl, I think, is another guy. You know, he plays – he's a skilled guy, but he can play pretty nasty. Like, you know, I think those guys carried that team as far as they could. Um, But, you know, I I think it's – this Carolina and Florida – series is going to be a bloodbath i think it's going to be i mean carolina's getting most of their guys back it's going to be a nasty series and then depending on who wins this one the if the kraken sneak through man that them in vegas is that's going to be a that's going to be an interesting series to watch i mean even if dallas is the winner and kraken go home that's going to be a hell of a series too dallas has been unbelievable this off season and oh, i'm sorry this postseason i should say 
Uh, I mean, it's crazy to see what all these teams have done. But also back on the Eastern front, uh, how good is this for uh, for Southern hockey just in general? You know, such a, a, a well-respected area. It's been up and coming a long time the last 30 years. And, man, hockey down in uh, the South is just unbelievable. But it is definitely here. I mean, look at it. Thriving. It's unbelievable. Well, well it's weird. It's weird because you you see people on Twitter saying like, you know, this isn't good for the game, and you got two southern teams, and you know, if they're not big market, and I'm like, you know, yeah, it's not Boston, it's not New York, but how you the, know, how the hell the, do you think they get to be big market someday? Well, hockey's grown, man, and it's just different. So to say that's kind of a little crazy to me. Um, there's a lot of hockey down south. Excuse me. Bless you. Whether whether it's you know East Coast League, you got Southern Pro. Um, yeah, I'm gonna time out for a second there. That's okay. I I, I hear where you're going there, buddy. It, but it uh, is. I think it, we're just it really talking about something. for salary cap reasons. But the actual hockey, like that, is going to be a great series to watch. I mean, those teams are going to kill each other. They're big. They're skilled. They're both, you know, they're both, you know. They're uh, fast. They're exciting. They're, they're fun fast. to watch. Like, yeah, and it's it's fun hockey, man. And it's and you know it's it's the modern NHL. And you know, I think for the Bruin, getting back to the Bruins, I think for them, they really have to ima- reimagine. Like, again, this is for another pod, but I just want to say they really have to imagine reimagine their decor. They really have to reimagine their their um, and, I'm, and again, you know, not that it's old school like we're fighting, but they re they have to reimagine, you know, they have to look at compete. They have to look at guys who have size, and um, you know, they just you know they don't have enough guys who are big and can skate like they got and they and the guys that they do have they didn't show in this series, you know, you know, Lindholm. Right. I'm just. I mean, if you watched him, I specifically watched him in games five and seven. And, like, I was like, dude, what the hell is wrong with this guy? He's not skating the puck out. He's, I mean, he just he just doesn't look like uh, he was confident. He just looked like a completely different player. He, he went from, like, looking like, you know, Brian Leach to, like, fucking, you know, I don't even know who you want to say, like Dennis Weidman. <laughs> and like a span Dennis of like Weidman, wow! <laughs> just like lost all his confidence. I mean, that's the only other thing I compared to. Dennis Weidman was an offensive defenseman who had a really good year in '09, but in 2010 he was just atrocious. And like that's the only that's the only time I've ever seen a guy lose it in like a span of a. And that wasn't even a calendar year for Lindholm. It was like two weeks. Is like it got intense, and he just uh, he wasn't able to handle it. Again, after a, such a good season, a regular season that I, mean, I can't say it enough. I mean, for the for the books, you know, unbelievable to go out like that. And now uh, let's let's talk about the coach for a moment. I mean, usually I'd say congratulations, an Adams nomination. That's uh, amazing. But good God, if he actually wins it, can you imagine the awkwardness of having to stand there and go, best regular season ever? I guess. That's that, a of thank, a joke. thank you. And then walk away. What else could you really do? What else could you really do? It's almost like, uh, 
thank you, but nah, I'm all set. You know, like, that's not the award you want to win for that. You know, but he did such a fantastic job otherwise. But like we've talked about in previous podcasts, he walked into an almost dream ship. I mean, talk about getting handed the keys to a team that knows exactly what the mission is. And all you had to do was help keep it together and make sure all the nails got driven in. But somehow, some way, and I'm not saying it's even his fault, but yikes, there it is. But I mean, a lot of guys, too. I mean, a lot of guys had career years. You know, pasta career year, Zaka career year. A lot of the question marks that we were like, we weren't so sure, they were like A pluses. McAvoy, pretty close, if not a career year. Lindholm, certainly a career year. Like, um, you know, their goaltending, outstanding. Like, and then you just look at, you know, in the playoffs, looking at the series, the. So they, the, the NHL keeps a, a, a stat called RBS, really bad starts. It's kind of funny. But so Allmark had three games in the series where his save percentage was a below 85%. You're just not going to win. You're not going to win playoff games with an 85% save percentage. And I know, you know, it's a tandem thing with the defense, but, you know, game six, you got to make a save, man. You got to make a save or get them out of there. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's easy to Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback it, right? Like, yep, that's me. Oh. Well, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's most of the Boston fan base and, you know, orders and, you know, I, again, it's like, I think it just, it's going to be the, the coaching staff and like the whole front office, you know, kind of reevaluating, like, you know, again, what's the main part of the, you know, getting to the playoffs, obviously that's number one. Right. And then having a team that's built for the playoffs. I, I just think we, you know, again, it's <clears throat> that team was a dream man for Montgomery to walk in there. And then to have all the guys come back in the fashion that they did when they did, you know, I mean, again, we, we talked about it in the, you know, before the season started, like this could be a nightmare start to the season and they just proved everybody wrong. So, you know, I think that's a lot of, you know, you've got a lot of good things there, you know, to work with. Um, you've got a good locker room. I think they were, ha I think the guys were happy with the coaching staff and who's there. I mean, we might hear me. <laughs> we well, we might we might hear differently, you know, down the road a little bit, but, um, you know, I mean, how can you be mad at a guy like he had the best season in NHL regular season history? So he was obviously doing the right things and keeping guys motivated to you know continue to you know keep keep the uh, the the foot on the gas and you know. Totally. Yeah, so I, I think he did a lot of the right things. I just think, you know, Allmark got hurt right there at the, you know, end of the season. Bergeron got hurt right at the end of the season. Oh, then they God. get into the then they, they get into the playoffs and it's like, you know, they run up against a real physical team that was just gelling and was, you know, gonna give Bruins every they were gonna throw the kitchen sink at them. And they, they did had nothing to lose. I mean, they they really played free and nothing to lose. And you know, I can almost see as history repeated itself, or as it kind of reversed itself with Florida last year to this year. You know, I don't think the the um, 
you know, the, the Bruins are going to suck next year. I, I think, you know, it might be a situation where they get in as a wild card or a three spot and they just, uh, you know, they, they might. Uh, 2011 it. Stay away from the president's trophy and just get in somehow, sneak in tail end. I mean, Panthers have openly said, you know, half the reason we're playing so good is because the hell, nobody expected us to be here. We don't, there was no expectation to succeed, even though I find that a little uh, hard to believe. There was a lot of expectation with that team. I forget though, guys, is this uh, Kachuk's second or, or first year still with them? It's his first. No, he was in Calgary last year. That, that yeah, was... so this is his first season. I mean, talk about showing up in that trade. I mean, I I, I hate it because he beat us, but, I mean, I got to respect the hell out of the guy. He came into that organization, first press conference, sat down, and we all said it, cocky, cocky, cocky. And he put up, and then we had to shut up because he's literally here doing it now. I mean, look at the guy go, and he's just literally put that team's chemistry on his back and led them here to the Eastern Conference Finals now. Same thing with the same thing with Jack Eichel too, man. It's like those two organizations make bold, big moves. They change coaches, and I'll just say, like, leading into like when you listen to the press conference, the the, the end of the season. One thing I, I kind of gather reading between the, the tea leaves, not that Montgomery is going to be fired, even though right after the game seven, I I wanted him, you know, fired out out of the locker room, but um, they did say like. You know, the, Charlie Jacobs said, you know, they the management team did their job of put this team together. I I do think, you know, the honeymoon's over, certainly. I, I think the shine is off and, like, it's like, all right. You know, we're, we're not that they weren't watching, but but I think, you know, if there if there's a if there's a rough start to the next season or if they hit a rough patch, I think they'll be a lot more proactive um, as far as making a move, either coach or shaking it up. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think they, you know, cause now you're starting to get to the tail end of a, a bunch of guys' careers here. Right. Oh yeah. Like, you know, can they keep, doesn't have too far either. Well, nope. salary cap, salary cap wise, they're in trouble. Right. Yep. And then, you know, Bergeron's probably done. Krejci's probably done. You know, obviously they 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 tied up pasta there for long term. Um, you know, but there I mean there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uh who knows what's gonna happen. Um and I think I, I think the gears gotta start getting turned back towards the draft, <laughs> which that scares me with Don Sweeney. Yeah, right. Not a good like, uh, history. This is sorry. this is this is a strong draft year so it'll be interesting to see what the Bruins do in the, in the draft uh um, they even have a do they even have a pick <laughs> uh well that's what I, yeah I don't even know I was just gonna say you know I, I think they traded away most of their yeah they don't have a first they don't have a first or second round pick this year they don't have a first or second round pick next year and they don't have a next year they don't have a first second or third round pick yeah so, so we so we, we might be going back to the dark ages here of some like nineteen early nineties Boston Bruins hockey here where it's you're banging your head against the wall and they can't beat anybody. But nineteen ninety seven Jim Carrey Bruins. Yeah. I mean it's gonna be interesting, man. I, I don't 
you know, if, you know, I would assume Marshy's going to stick around and, um, you know, but if, if, if Bergeron and, and Krejci are gone, it's kind of like, you know, who's pasta going to play with? Right. Well, wasn't that the whole point to bring Krejci back? It's like, oh, here, put the legend with the kid now. That's what they wanted. And they barely ended up playing together, really. I well, think I think the only reason they brought him back, period, was to ain't try to ink a deal with Pasternak. You know, I think he yeah. was, I think he was going to hold out for big money. And if, you know, so I, I mean, if the Bruins bring Krejci back next year, I would be shocked. 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 You know, I, I don't think there's. Um, I saw some reports where they said that you know that they actually had the Bruins re-signing um, Bergeron and Krejci um, for, you know, short, mm-hmm. short money, you know, one year deals. But I don't know, man. I just like, again, it's like, you know, are we, are we building the playoff team here? Or are we just going to like keep, you know, it was like Chara, man, at the end. Like I love Zeno Chara. He was a great captain. But True. like towards the last couple of years, man, it was just like, what are we doing? Right? Yeah. And oh. yeah, I I think though, I mean, you know, if you want to recoup like kind of recoup draft picks or try and you know restock at the center position or to get a, or at least to get a top six center, I mean, two guys that come to mind for trades right away are old Mark and Lindholm. Like if you really want to get something high end. Obviously you're going to have to probably, you're probably going to have to say goodbye to Grizzly, Carlo or both. I mean, do you, I mean, do you trade again? These are all for another show, but like there's a bunch of moves that are going to have to happen. But I do think if you want to get into, or at least recoup some draft picks, I, I do think, you know, Allmark will, would fetch you probably a first round pick. I would think he's just won the fucking Vesna. Like he's never going to have, you know, he's still in his 20s. He's not going to have a, a more trade value than he does now. And, like, you know, uh, and, and you know, the, their their roster is relatively healthy. The other thing, too, is, like, if you're looking at trade guys or even looking for next year, Sweeney said there's no guys that are getting surgery uh, or that need any extensive medical attention. So it's, you know, it's um, – I guess you could feel good about that if you're looking to deal guys, but it also makes me feel like, well, dude, what the hell happened in the playoffs? Like, usually you're like, all right, this guy's got a torn rotator cuff. This guy's got a freaking – you know, dislocated elbow, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, so. Either that or they make a play to trade with Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin Paul DuPont had some crazy trade like that where they trade, like, Allmark, McAvoy, DeBrusque, and, like, part ownership to uh to chicago for the number one overall pick it was yeah, right it was it was it was legit it was in the globe it was pretty funny but uh, i was like oh you know we've got plenty of time to do that because they're not we're not watching play the bruins in the playoffs that's for sure well they're there i mean there's talks that he's potentially gonna pull lindros really i did not hear that but um and i'm sure most of this stuff is just wacky twitter land but probably um you know i mean obviously it's a historic franchise but of course that you know obviously there was some shenanigans with the 
you know, or people thought there were shenanigans with the whole lottery thing this year. And, you know, and then obviously with all the, the stuff that happened in Chicago, I guess we're just going to still blame everyone and their mother. And, you know, so forget about wow. the other yeah. years that they played in the league. But, um, I, you know, I mean, I think it's great. I think if that kid goes to Chicago, like, you know, obviously got a little love for uh, Chi Town. So, <laughs> I'm hearing a rumor the Canadians are already getting ready to offer a massive trade to uh, Chicago for the kid. But yeah. you get also, I mean, Wayne Gretzky literally said on national TV, are you sure, kid? I mean, why did Wayne Gretzky ask him if he was sure? Is he really trying to suggest that maybe, maybe not? I mean, nothing for nothing. I don't quite think enough time has passed for Chicago after that whole saga of, of sexual abuse. I mean... Not enough time has passed for them, for my liking at least, as a franchise. I mean, not not to be hypocritical, you know, Bruins signing uh, the, the Mitchell kid, whatever, and then dropping him right after. But I just feel like if you're going to be punished as a franchise in actuality, you're not getting the number one uh, pick in the next, what, the next, within two, three years of that happening, number one. Which kind of brings me to my next subject. The draft feels a little rigged. I have no evidence of this other than what has been documented already. I want to get your guys' take on this. Why on earth did the draft rating change the way it did? Why did Kevin Weeks call it early like he did according to his TV script? And why on earth was Gary Bettman not excited to hear this news? Like, oh, yes, I know. I already planned it this way. That was the expression kind of given. Uh, did you guys see it live? And I'm just kind of curious on your takes. Merrill, go first. Um, I'll be honest. I, I didn't see it live. I heard a lot of talk about it though. And, um, it, it, it looks like, so the draft I guess is done before it it goes televised. So I'm not sure why maybe it wasn't edited out or why there wasn't maybe a reasonable explanation, but the fact that like, the fact that I didn't hear a great explanation for it just kind of lends credence to like all the conspiracy theorists of, you know, oh, you know, it was rigged. And I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, listen, I, I think, you know, Blackhawks are a legacy franchise and, you know, it's like a lot like New York, right? The league is better when the Rangers and the Blackhawks and the, and the Canadians are are doing well, right? It's just a better league, better for TV, better for popularity. But um, I mean, you didn't kind of look at it and you're like, Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, like, I don't know. I, I just felt like, you know, you never, it's something that's never going to be proven. But I mean, it did certainly wasn't a good look for the league. I mean, that's, that's all that was on the Twitter verse and like, like on, on social media the next day was about how, you know, Kevin Weeks in the, in the NHL, like screwed over the, the other two teams um, or not the, the, you know, the rest of the lottery team. So, but it, it wasn't a good look, that's for sure. But yeah. Kevin Weeks is like that guy from the, who's that NFL guy that always leaks that shit. He leaked the Tom Brady thing and whoops. Oh, Adam Schefter or was yeah. it? Um, yeah. The other yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Yeah, that's Kevin Weeks is that guy for hockey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Remember in the offseason, he's like he's like scuba diving and he's telling you about a trade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like and it's fine. Like, you know, he's a former player and he's obviously yeah. 
pretty much he's he's a network guy now he's got a ton of like you know he's he's finding out stuff firsthand all day long so um i i mean you know do i think it was rigged no i don't think it was rigged i think this is just like you know a bunch of butthurt organizations that are you know fan base and you know they get they want to cry and you know i mean if i was anaheim i mean I mean, Bedard's a hell of a player. Certainly, you know, but I mean, Anaheim, number two pick. That Fantilli kid from Michigan, man, he's uh, pretty fucking good. He's a hell of a player, man. He's a real good player. And there's some there's some really good players in this draft. Like, so, I mean, for most of these teams and the, the first several picks, like, they're going to get a, a real good quality, you know, player. So... Um, you know, obviously I think everybody wants Connor Bedard. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I, I would love to see a team put just like some monster package together and try to trade for him and to see whether or not Chicago, you know, takes the bait on it. But, right. you know, I think, I think if Chicago needs anything right now, they've got to kind of obviously turn that organization around and start trending in the right direction and doing some positive things. And, you know, I mean, the kid seems like a really down to earth kid. And um, obviously he's a tremendous talent as a player. I mean, in Chicago is such a great hockey city. Like it's definitely a good fit, I think in that regard, but to your point, Ben, you know, with just all the stuff that's happened over the last couple of years and, you know, and it's still a lot of sour grapes and, you know, it seems like anytime Chicago does anything, it's like, you know, Twitter just comes alive and, you know, just so to see them get the number one pick and then they're going to, everyone knows they're going to get Connor Bedard. It's just the I, way that it went down though, too. I mean, like go back to the old school method. Just everybody has a, you know, every team has a number ball. Obviously the top five teams are going to get the, you know, the, the pick and we'll see where they fall. It's not hard to televise that drop the ball. Literally, and that will win everything. And then there's no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like everything else now, man. It's a big dog and, you know, dog and pony show. And, you know, I don't think the NHL is doing themselves any favors with, with much in the, the last, like, year or two. And I thought ESPN's NHL coverage sucks. You, have the be- you got the best player on the planet. Oh, my God. Yep. Let's yeah, talk about this. No games yesterday. No games. Like, literally, it's the only game on TV. And he's, you got the best, arguably, the best two players in the league, Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, playing in a game seven. And you have the game on at 10 o'clock at night. Like, yeah. First three goals were not televised because ESPN would not move a baseball game or put yeah. it on one of the nine affiliate channels they had available to them. You know, I don't know how ESPN won this contract, but this is absolutely a clear-cut case of someone knew someone and made sure the contract went to the big dog because oh, they do Batman. they do not care about hockey. They do he not care Batman. about the players. They do not care about the game. They are completely tone deaf, and I'm willing to stand on that box on that one and squawk about this, boys, because, I mean, my God, I, it just... You almost just dread it now. You know, TNT is starting to look good. That's terrible. You know, like, how is this happening? I mean, it could be worse. We could have another one of these agencies that some of the other teams in the league are are using, but 
for for your playoff coverage. I mean, give me back TSN for God's sakes. I'll take that any day. Give me outdoor NB- network. Yeah, NBC just, Sports was even better than this. You know, I'm, oh, NBC Sports was good. They treated it. It was like a big. You know, they made it. You know, it was the only game in town, so they played it up. Like I knew this was going to happen with ESPN. I, I called it. Just you know, I I just said you know ESPN doesn't care about hockey. They don't prioritize hockey. They don't have a hockey-based show like they've got the NBA, whatever, and they've got the NFL Live, and they got they they don't they don't care about hockey. It's just you know it, it's it's another it's it's just another line in their portfolio next to like Formula One and golf or whatever the hell else they have. But you know, I mean, it's it sucks. I, I you know. Like I again, this is just another thing that falls on Gary Bettman. Just not, uh, I, I don't know. It, it needs time for a change, man. It's time for a change with regard to Bettman. Um, I know you're not a huge fan of Marty Walsh, Gordo, but I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see whether they they butt heads. I mean, there's a lot of storms brewing. Like, you know, people weren't happy about this time change among other things, you know, they haven't had a best on best tournament and fucking since me and you work together. <laughs> Remember lunchtime going to watch, uh, going, going to, uh, not your average Joe's to watch USA, uh, Canada. That was, that was going on 10 years ago, dude. Holy shit. So, but it, I mean, it's a disgrace that we really haven't seen like Connor McDavid playing like an Olympics. I know some people, some people are fired up and love it. Some people don't, I'm not sure where you lie on it, but um, like, I think it's a travesty. Like Brad Marchand has never played for team Canada in like an Olympics. It's just, it's yeah. crazy. man. Yeah. It, 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 those, I mean, you know, I still think like, it was at the, uh, the world cup there. It was maybe in the, it was the nineties, like late nineties, maybe. They had one in 2016 too. Yeah, the 20s, but the the one back like in in my heyday, and it was just like a complete war. 96. Yeah, that was good. No, I remember that. But you know, you gotta they gotta do it. They gotta market it, and I don't know. I just yeah, that was a hell of a that was a hell of a. Uh, was that the one where um, Keith Kachuk fought Claude Lemieux, or was yeah. something like that? Yeah. Where it was like Lindros fought Kachuk. Then you had like, it was, yeah, it was it was a it was an absolute war. Great game too, but it's yeah, like, that was a hell of a game. I remember that now. It was like Joel Otto fighting like Eric Lindros. It was like they got to get. Um, I, I I mean, the game has changed so much where it's like it's so international now, and you've got players from all over the place, and even on the international scene, like you know, you got Japan, Korea, like. You know, the hockey is just it's it's getting more and more global. And I, you know, so I think like, you know, the Olympics is it's like, you know, I think for other countries, that's like a huge, you know, and then and then I think for, you know, Americans, like, you know, it's always that like, you know, if it's if it's a U.S. Canada game. You know, uh, you know, everyone and their mothers tuning in to watch everyone, even if they yeah. don't care. Yeah. So I, I think. You know, to not have that, you know, like you just said, Meryl, like to not have Connor McDavid represent Canada and just go like to throw the country on his back and just go, you know, right, win a medal. Like 
And it's know. it's also literally almost the same as oh, so Ovechkin and Crosby can go do it, but none of us other kids can do it. Oh, okay. So you guys just basically had enough watching Crosby and Ovechkin do it, so now no one else can go. Gotcha, gotcha. Thanks, thanks a lot. I just think the whole with the, Russia thing throws a monkey wrench. Well, I was just gonna say, like, I don't want to get all political, but you know, I just think with everything going on over there, and obviously, like, you know, the 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 Russians are disqualified from playing in most international. Yeah, uh, them in Belarus. Yeah, so it's like you know, I get it. While they're probably not, you know, going down that road at the present moment, but still, you know, I would like to see it come back for sure. Like, I think I think hockey needs it. They just, you know, the way things are going the last, like I said, the last couple of years from, you know, going back to ESPN, who didn't care about the NHL the first time or not. Jerseys. Boo. (laughs) go on and on, man. We really There's a lot of just kind of like scratch your head things going on with the NHL right now. And then, you know, I think for the Boston uh, fan base, like just, you know, what the F just happened. Yeah, basically, (laughs) right. That's that's where we're all at. I think we're all deflated right now with the Bruins and, you know, but, it, you know, draft's coming up here June. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the bees, you know, tackle that. And, um, you know, and we still got some playoff hockey, baby. So I mean, we, <laughs> I'm not quitting because the Bruins lost. I'm you know, with you on that. You got to be a fan of the league or you ain't a fan at all, you know, and that's the way it rolls. And, you know, I'll I'll be the first one to admit, I was watching the game on my phone, streaming it, and it went exactly like this. Watching, watching, shit. Close. Instagram. Scroll, 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 (laughs) scroll. That's exactly how it went down, and that's exactly how I'll remember it. Scroll. Just keep scrolling. Nothing to see here, folks. Speaking of that, boys, real quick, final comments, final thoughts as we wrap it up. We are going to take a, a little bit of a break. Not that we don't normally, apparently, anyway. It's only been like a month since we've actually like recorded. But, you know, all things considered, I think our fans and listeners can understand that uh, hockey lives on. But for the Bruins, this season, definitely Dunzos. Gordo, your final thoughts. We'll go to Merrill, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, you know. Good to be back on with you boys. It's been a heck. I'm at the absolute finish line here uh, before mm-hmm. I become a dad once again and with uh, twins this time. So getting geared up for that. And, uh, you know, it's disappointing. I know we haven't been on for a minute. You know, I know we've all been kind of chomping at the bit, especially after that Bruins series. But um, I was hanging on the ceiling. You know, hey, we've, we'll live to fight another day and. You know, um, I'll try to be a Bruins fan again next year. I'm going to talk <laughs> really, really hard. Um, but I I think right now, like, I think I'm going to jump on the Carolina Hurricane bandwagon. Oh, you would, Carolina. Yeah. yeah. I was I was trying to go a Western Conference, and I was hoping the Oilers, you know. Sam, I was all Oilers. I was all Oilers. No, no oh, such luck. I, think I, I just – I don't know, man. I've watched a bunch of Carolina's games, and they just look. I mean, they look really freaking good. And they got they got and they got the guys coming back off injury. And I don't know that this Florida series. I think I think if they can if they can go out make a statement against Florida, shut them down pretty handily going into the the Cup Finals. Like I would think that they're going to be a you know a tough team to to beat. 
but I don't know, man. I've been wrong pretty much all playoffs. So, but that's my word. I'm sticking to it. Good to see you, boys, as always. Love it. Thank you, Gordo. Merrill, man. Well, um, you know, it's it's hard to kind of even still compartmentalize the fact that the Bruins lost. Um, you know, and looking at it, they got a lot of big decisions to make. We'll be on plenty because. You know, after our little hiatus, there's going to be a plethora of moves being made. Um, a lot of decisions to be made on players. I know, like, guys, like I was saying about Lindholm, even though he has a no-movement clause, still, like, I, I don't know. Like, guys, there's always ways to move guys' contracts, uh, especially, like, when Ryan McDonough moved last year. So, even the no-move clauses, you know, he's just say, Gordo, you want to get your uh, contract and get more money in a tax-free state? Sure. See it. Weather's beautiful. I could swing the sticks eight, nine, ten months out of the year. Love you guys, but I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, right? right. So that's usually that's usually how it works. But um, you know, obviously, uh, ride or die, Seattle Kraken. But uh, you know, I love I love seeing Cassidy win. Kind of <laughs> stick it to the Bruins. You know, for the. For Brandon Carlo, you know, he didn't want to – he asked him to step up with the blue line, and he asked Jake DeBrus to back check. I know that was a big ask, but, um, again, there's something to be said, though, Gorda. I'll say this. I know you, Carolina, and I love Rod the Bod, too. Like, there's something to be said, even still, all these skilled teams are out. There's something to be said, all these teams, old school, hard-nosed, hard coaching, structure, some physicality, that's still how – Hockey is one, and that's I think something that the Bruins need to kind of keep in mind of going forward. You know, whether it's Cassidy, how Hackstall coaches Seattle, DeBoer has been around forever. He just fucking floats around from team to team. I almost feel like he's ten ninety nine, and uh, like you know, Brenda Moore and Paul Maurice, all the same, all basically in one way or another. The the, the style, the 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 strategies and the methodologies might be slightly different but the message overall is the same hard on pucks you know nothing easy pucks in pucks out and, and great goaltending man so that's all i got it's a simple game buddy can be it's a simple hard game. game hard it's fucking game hardly ever well boys on that happy note also keeping our buddy clance and his family in our minds and Absolutely. prayers no details on anything, but just uh, wishing hope and love all the way around. Does not matter who, what, when, why, where. Uh, we're thinking of Clance and his family as well. And for everybody out there, thank you so much. As always, your friend Ben, Gordo, Merrill, always a pleasure to have you boys here. I'm glad we could jump on. And you've been listening to the Causeway Kings, part of the WMEX Sports Podcast Network, in partnership with the Abington Cam Network. Check them out. Huge shout-out to our executive producer, Kevin Tachi, out of Abington. And my goodness, my gracious boys, we'll be back at it soon. Have no fear. Just the usual time delays for the Causeway Kings here. But we will be back. We'll have lots more ridiculousness and even more to say because, hey, it is what it is, right? Boys, if you'll join me here as is tradition, let's go, go bees. Kraken, bees, sorry. Shut up, Al. <laughs>